back with another episode of the 132 Breeze Podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, what a weekend. And I don't mean that in a good way. Yeah, what a weekend. What a turnover-filled weekend for my teams. Uh, at least one of your teams didn't play, so they couldn't turn the ball over. Oh, they would times. have, though. They would have. They would have. But they... they uh, have zero turnovers on the weekend, so that's the best thing we can say about the three teams we root for on yeah. the football field. Um, that was not that was not great. Otherwise, uh, started gearing up for Christmas this weekend, Marlo. Sneaking up on us. Um, we tried to do a family picture. Mm, we'll see if anything comes of that uh, <laughs> out in out in the yard. Uh, and we put up the Christmas tree. Wow! Didn't decorate it yet, but it's up. Oh, so we're it's up. gearing up. We turned off the football for a little bit. Uh, I mean, maybe, you know, aggressively turned it off <laughs> a couple times this weekend uh, and, and tried to focus on things that really matter, Marlo. Yeah. Have you seen those videos, if you did everything aggressively, on the, that's going around the internet? No, it's a thing? No. I yeah, know. it's a thing. Well, you're probably on it then, so then never mind. Yeah. But, yeah. The thing uh, on the internet? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> we have to bring that segment back. <laughs> things on the internet. <laughs> Um, well, good for you getting Christmas up. I'm, I'm a, I'm a strict, uh, not until after Thanksgiving guy only because I think Thanksgiving needs its due. It, I, I have it high on my power rankings of, of holidays as far yeah. as Thanksgiving. So I, I'm a big, not until Thanksgiving put up Christmas tree guy. Yeah, I normally am, but this year is weird. So I just went with it. <laughs> And was I just literally wanted to do anything other than think about football, uh, <laughs> both nights this weekend. So uh, that that might have weighed heavily in uh, in in that decision making process. <laughs> but now I get to talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> all over again. All so over again. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Let's start with our Badgers, Marlo. Travel down to uh, the house of horrors that is uh, Ryan Field. Whatever doesn't matter. Evanston. Uh, losing to Northwestern 17-7. to uh, I guess on the bright side, we get to bring back our Badger Talking segment, yeah. the good, the great, the bad, the ugly, so that's exciting. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we get into the segment? I, what is, I just, I, I've been kind of thinking, I was thinking about this the whole game. I was thinking about it all day today. We touched on it last week, but what the hell is with that field, yeah. I we've had this is a, we've had good to great teams go down there and lose to not very good Northwestern teams. I don't know if this team Northwestern teams. I mean, they're, I could say their defense is pretty decent. The offense is whatever, yeah. but I just don't. I don't understand. It's just something about that that field that the, the Badgers just don't do well there. No, they don't. And I spent all week trying to talk myself out of that that being the case. Uh, I tried to do it last week uh, where I did the the whole plain dumb. Is it really mm-hmm. as bad as I think it is? If you remember, I, w- I was <laughs> yep. doing that. And yep. I was making jokes all week about how we're used to there not being fans now. Yep. Uh, and I was really just trying to, I think, Jedi mind trick myself, uh, which I don't think is something you can do. Uh, but I was trying <laughs> uh, to, to say it wouldn't be, wouldn't be that bad. But there is something about it. And... It's definitely the matchup. Uh, matchup's obviously part of it. Uh, the way in which Northwestern runs their program makes it a tough matchup for Wisconsin. It's kind of like Iowa, right? We 
those games always seem weird. They always seem closer than they should be uh, from a Wisconsin standpoint because we always think we should be winning those games. Um, so you take that, and these games are because of the matchup are closer than they need to be. And then there's just some weird voodoo or something down there uh, at Northwestern that that adds a little bit more to the soup. So yeah, I don't have an answer, Marlo. It sucks, and I I I, I did it. all my Jedi mind tracking. It didn't work. Well, shit. You better uh, get better at Jedi. Yeah, I'll, I'll work Jedi. on the Force powers. <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it, Marlo. I'll start with uh, the good. Yep. Uh, and the good I took out of this game was Jalen Berger. Uh, this was the most I think he's been um, run, or the most he's been uh, profiled in the offense. He had 15 carries for 93 yards, and he really seemed like the only thing that the offense could successfully do. Uh, he had he ended up with 6.2 yards per carry, but for a while there in the game, it was up uh, above eight. He looks like he has the explosiveness. He looks like he can be the next big back at Wisconsin. And that's while he didn't, you know, dominate this game or, you know, uh, blow it away in this game, uh, still heavy 93 yards against this Northwestern defense kind of in this position, I think is a good thing for signs to come. And it's a lot to expect him as a freshman to come in and really his second game uh, to be able to, to contribute much more than that. So I was really encouraged by that. And that's the, the small, the, the good I'm going to take out of this. Yeah. I, after last game, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, comparing burger to, to Jonathan Taylor. Cause they both had 87 yards in their first game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, yeah, I was like pumped to brakes a little bit, but watching this game, those the runs he did have, like you said, he was, he was up there averaging close to 10 yards at one point, like well into the game. Yeah, and you know he was getting he was getting pretty good chunks on his run. I felt like a lot of those he was just like a half of step or just a miss like uh, leg tackle away from breaking it. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I could agree with that just from the not only from a number standpoint from the eye test as well. It just look yeah he looks he looks yeah different and and I'm not here saying he he's going to be the next Jonathan Taylor. I just mean he's going to be the next yeah. the next guy the next right. guy at running back and that is encouraging. I mean yeah. to say he's the next Jonathan Taylor is to say he's one of the top three best backs in Wisconsin history. I don't. I don't want to say that, but he can be a top ten, and I'd take a top ten right now. Um, yeah. So I was. I was encouraged by that. You have any yeah. uh, anything good you got on this? We, we're gonna have to do great next, Marlo. So we gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how the same goes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll 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 see what that. So my, yeah, my good was uh, good on Northwestern. You had the same even during the pandemic. You had the same amount of fans in the stands. <laughs> Um, as you normally do, so that was that was good on you. That's good job, it. Northwestern turned out having fans. It's still, I watched some of these games and it still feels really weird seeing fans in the stands. Um, it it feels weird. I mean, like Northwestern Michigan had it too. It was like friends and family. Yeah. Um, but when you watch, like I watched Oklahoma, Oklahoma State was at Oklahoma. And it was just like that. Just seems like a lot of people. <laughs> in, yeah, in one, in one it, place. That's weird. The anxiety. I just watch it. I'm I'm getting nervous. Like when yeah. they show the crowd, and I'm like, I I don't know why. I mean, I know why because it's a pandemic. But like, <laughs> <laughs> just makes me nervous. And like, even in the in the uh, Packer Colts game today, like they're doing, yeah. they're jumping into the stands. I'm like, maybe 
maybe don't go into the stands. Like, if you score a touchdown. <laughs> maybe don't be around people who aren't your teammates. You right know, now. yeah, you got to test it. You know those people did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you, you're not sure. That. Anyway, yeah. uh, so good. Good job, Northwestern. Marlon, yeah. why don't you stick with it? Give us your great. Well, despite would, the loss, I think there was some great from Wisconsin. Yeah, it was so great. I think we're, uh, and I'll try, you can jump in because I don't want to steal your complete thunder, but the, I mean, the really great broad spot was the defense. Yep. Um, they're the own, they're the reason we were in this game. They're the reason, um, like, we had, you know, we had, we were in, we were still, the, the crazy thing is we were still able to win this game with all that went wrong. <laughs> Like yeah. they're still in it, and that was because the defense making stands after turn after short fields, keeping them off the board or keeping it to a field goal. Um, so yeah, that was that was. I mean, Jimmy Leonard doing his doing his thing. Yeah, the defense was fantastic. Uh, outside of some really bad calls, I don't think I don't know that Northwestern scores without those calls. Yeah. Uh, they had 263 total yards on the game, 239 through the air. Uh, and 24 only rushing. They were 2 of 15 on third down. Uh, the defense controlled this game. They allowed us to stay in it. They allowed us, unfortunately, I guess, in some aspect, to have hope yeah. late into the fourth quarter in a game in which we had five turnovers and committed eight penalties for 69 yards. Um, they, were, they were great, I, I guess, overall. Um, but, it, I mean, great play by uh, the linebackers, as always. Um, Sanborn was a tackling machine. Chanel was in the backfield all game. Uh, Herbig, as a freshman, had a, a really – he doesn't have a lot of stats, but it just seemed like he was in the mix, breaking things up. And uh, the secondary, again, outside of a couple pass interferences, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit, mm. I think really did really did a good job. Uh, a yeah. great defensive performance, spoiled by uh, a lot of mistakes and, uh, and other things. But the defense looks legit. Again, I don't know how – Northwestern's put up points on other teams. I think it's mainly in games similar like this, where they get turnovers and their offense has a shortened field. Their offense, I think, is fine. I think Ramsey, their quarterback, is okay. Yeah. Uh, but they put up big points in, in their other games and weren't able to do it against this Wisconsin team. Wisconsin held them to, to 17 points. So uh, a great job by the defense and really encouraging for the rest of our season going forward, where hopefully our offense isn't a complete disaster right and again if you t- if you tell me before the game northwestern's gonna have 20 some yards rushing and only 200 yards passing i'm saying great i'll take that all day yep we're winning that game yep yep we should have yeah. let's talk about why we didn't let's go to the bad yeah uh i know a lot of people i mean this might be a surprise marlo <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with, i'm gonna go alert. with the officiating i already alluded to it yeah. and i just can't i just can't get over it the three pass interference calls in the first half were, oh no, the two were in the first half, and the I think the interception was in the second half. The two on the first drive, uh, where the uh, the first one was the big play where they called pass interference when the wide receiver just flopped. He stopped running. The defensive back ran into him, and, he, and the, uh, wide, the wide receiver threw himself onto the ground. The ball was uncatchable. They called that pass interference, which is absolutely ludicrous. And then on third down, I believe it was third down, correct me if I'm wrong, Marlo, on that same yes. drive from the two-yard yep. line, Yep. Uh, they call pass interference on Wild Goose when both players are just hand-fighting and the ball is incomplete. Absolutely terrible calls. They gave Northwestern 
seven points there. Let's fast forward to the later drive that I'm going to talk about here. Uh, in this one, I'm going to complain about the booth review. Uh, and this was when they had the big play down the sideline and the wide receiver caught it with his foot in bounds, but then juggled it. And then his other foot came in out of bounds. It was called it an incomplete pass on the field. And somehow they watched that and had <laughs> conclusive evidence that that was a catch, which I, I, I'm baffled. And that's what they went with. The next play was a touchdown pass where, to me, I only saw the replay once because they didn't review it, but the wide receiver looked like he got hit, bobbled the ball, and recaught it as he was going down to the ground, which would have been an incomplete pass. I didn't get to see it again because they didn't review it again. Uh, and I'm just, I, I, I was baffled by those two specific replay calls. And that put Wisconsin down 7-0 and down 14-0, 14-7, excuse me, and just really changed how this game was called on both ends. And I know it's not as bad as a call I'll talk about later in a different game, but the fact that Wisconsin was down caused us to play and led to a lot of our mistakes that I don't think would have happened if the referees didn't give Northwestern 14 points. Yeah, and that's not even, that, you know, this is one game I was watching where I, I know Casey, no matter what we're going to watch, is going is going to talk about the officiating. But... I am lockstep with you. I we had a we had a frenzy of a of a text group uh, on all these, and that was those are some main ones. But there were all types of calls. It's probably the worst officiating crew I've seen, and it was it was both sides. So like it was just, they're just they're just bad, and we had a lot that were called against us. And I was saying, does I felt like you know Fitzgerald had the referees' kids in his basement locked away or something because it was just uncanny. Uh, was it the fumble where they just completely missed a, a face mask where his, his head got turned around? Yeah. His head got turned around. Yeah, um, they didn't. Yeah, they missed that. And then they didn't. I didn't see a replay of that. I hate, I hate when I catch it, but I don't think that would have been overturned. I think the ball was out. But I was like, yeah. I think they grabbed his face mask, but I, I didn't get to see the replay again. Again, they went on to the next play very quick. And I don't yeah. think it was both ways. Marlowe penalties, eight for 69 for Wisconsin, one for five against Northwestern. They didn't yeah. call anything on Northwestern. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I yeah, I get what you're saying. There's some other little things. There's spottings of the balls were terrible. Um, yeah, there's calling of catches and and then even the yeah, like I said, even the review reboofed on it. It was crap. It, it made for what was already frustrating, even more frustrating uh, game to watch. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'm sure it's not fun to hear uh, people complain about officiating, but I <laughs> I do it all the time. Uh, but in this game, I, I truly it's thought warranted. it was—I th- truly thought it was atrocious and uh, really uh, affected the outcome of the game. Yeah. All right. More well, so than just like this one thing. It was a myriad of things. Yeah, exactly. there was a very direct pattern. All right. Um, my bad was coaching decisions. Uh, there were a couple. Well, the big. Well, the overall one was the. Offensive decisions to uh, on the offense, uh, to the offensive play calling. Excuse me. Yeah. Towards the end of the game, um, I mean, it was still a close game. We had gotten away from the run uh, with well, with missing with missing weapons on the on the receiving side, and like we had talked about earlier, Berger was kind of was ripping off nice chunks at a time. Um, I thought that was suspect. And then the last, the call to not go for that field goal, seven, yep. seven to ten game, at that point, or seven to fourteen game, excuse me, seven to fourteen, seven to 14 game, uh, going forward around the thirty yard line, 
on a fourth down, and it goes, and we don't make it, and then they go down and kick a field goal up 17-7. Didn't make sense at the time. I didn't understand it. Um, it just didn't, the coaching decisions just didn't make sense down the stretch. Yeah, I I agree with that one for sure. Um, I If you would allow me to talk a little bit about why I think the play calling was was so weird. Where were we? I just want to see where we were on Northwestern thirty six. It was fourth and six. Yeah, you got to kick. Got to kick that field goal. Yeah. Uh, so the play calling. We were so <clears throat> you alluded to uh, some missing weapons. We were missing our top two wide receivers, uh, and that only got compounded by Ferguson getting injured in the game. So I thought the wide receivers were part of the reason why Burt struggled so much in the passing game. Sure. I made, and I'm going to talk. I might talk about him more in a minute. But uh, he, once Ferguson was limited, uh, he just it did. I don't think he was comfortable with anything. But more so, I think missing those two wide receivers prevented us from doing our jet sweeps. Yep. And the one time we tried it, we fumbled, yep. and we're like, "F that, we're not doing that anymore." <laughs> so really, we became a pocket passing offense or burger's going to run the ball and that's not a good situation to be in so all the kind of creativity we, we normally see with the wisconsin offense all of the ability to kind of move players around and get players into space was gone because we were missing our three top uh three top targets or, or, or weapons i guess uh in in the passing and i think in the running game as well so i think that was kind of part of what led into the coaching decisions because it really relied i mean at the end of the game you were calling out whatever the third string tight end is and being not happy with this play. I'm like, well, what do you, what do you want out of him? He's the third string. <laughs> we had one wide receiver, uh, DK, who could play. Nobody else could get open. And it just really limited what we could do on offense. And that was just kind of the frustration of, you know, getting into a situation in which we're down and forcing throws. Um, so I guess to defend the coaching decisions I, uh, was the way I went about this was with the lack of options. I don't know what more, what more, uh, I think that really did a lot to contribute to that. So those are our bads. And if they seemed bad, <laughs> it's only going to get worse. I'm going to go with my ugly. <sighs> I'm going to go with Graham Martz tomorrow. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts, but it's true. <sighs> the, uh, I was going to say golden child, but that doesn't sound right. Um, all the hype of <clears throat> the first two games, I guess gone in a flash. Uh, contributed for four turnovers, three interceptions, one fumble. Uh, again, I'm going to contribute some of that to uh, the the lack of weapons, but he really seemed outmatched in this game. Uh why we were so excited, or at least why I was so excited about Mertz, was that it, he seemed like somebody who, a quarterback who, hey, when we're down, he can make the plays. You know, he, it doesn't just have to all go right. It doesn't have to be, you know, two man reads, things like that. He seems like a good enough quarterback, and maybe he'll get there. I'm not saying he won't get there or anything, but he definitely seemed like a freshman playing in his third game in this game. And I read an article in the middle of the week, I forget where I read it, uh, but it was about how Northwestern tricks young quarterbacks and it had a lot of stats uh a lot of data that said like look freshman sophomore first time starters against northwestern really struggled i'm like nah but Mertz is different <laughs> and i was wrong i was wrong because they tricked them uh and basically uh what they do is they they drop their linebackers into zone coverage and play man uh which really messes with freshman quarterbacks because they see the man 
and they on the on the uh, wide receivers, so they expect uh, it to be man, and they expect to be able to throw into man coverage. But then the linebackers are dropping, and well, dropping or blitzing, uh, and they're dropping into zone coverage. That's what you saw on the deflected pass. Um, that was kind of really the killer, and that's what you saw on the overthrow where he went to throw the ball. All of a sudden, at the last second, saw the linebacker in the in the gap and had to try and throw it over him, and that caused him to sail it over the wide receiver into the safety's hands. Uh, so my ugly was Graham Mertz for not being able to figure out Northwestern, and I feel really bad and hope this is the last time I ever have him in the <laughs> Yeah, it, it's true. I found myself... In the middle of that game, being like, "What? What are we gonna do now?" Um, is it Vanderboom time? But that that was that was when that was when the battle was really hot. So I take that back. I take that thought back. But it's, <laughs> you know, it was it was tough. It was tough to watch. I think um, you you explained the, what those two uh, two interceptions. Well, the third one, I think he was trying to force something, and also yeah. the the receiver didn't make a really play on the ball. Um, that I'm sure he thought was going to happen too. The fumble, uh, it was really just a good play by Northwestern. Ball security is something, but you know those things are going to happen um, when it comes to you know pocket protection, pocket presence. Yeah, it sucks. Five turnovers, well, five, or four turnovers. He was uh, accounted for. Yeah. Um, in that game, it's hard to win. It's hard to win those games, but you look at it too, and we still had a chance to win that game. Yeah. So I hope he learns from it. Hope you know they're gonna get a, he'll get his he'll get his ass shoot out in film room, learns from it, and that's the last we have to talk about a multiple turnover game from him. I hope so. So again, I I don't want to put too much blame because I think one Northwestern defense is good, and I I now I have that article kind of in the front of my mind, so yeah. I don't want to blame him too much. And two, I mean just w- missing those weapons. Once Ferguson went down or was limited, yeah. I was just like. Jeez, who who are you even throwing to here? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't know how much I want to blame them, uh, blame them all for that. So that was my ugly, Marla. What do you got for ugly? My ugly was is injuries. Yeah. Um, we yeah, we have talked about this already quite a bit, but we went into this losing our two top receivers. Uh, while he was got hurt in the game, I was their top uh, secondary. Yep, Ferguson, who was. If after those two wide receivers, or you know maybe even before those two wide receivers, one of Mercer's favorite weapons uh, got hurt in game, got a banged up, and just kind of wasn't the same after that. He tried, he did do a valid yeah. effort, but just wasn't the same uh, after that. And yeah, it just seemed to, it just seemed to continue. And even even the um, I forget who was on the call, but even they were like, yeah, these guys aren't even in our sheets uh, yeah. when players <laughs> when players were out there. So um, that yeah, that was my it was a bit, ugh, that was my ugly injuries going in and injuries continuing throughout the game. Yeah, hopefully we'll get the uh, Pryor and Danny Davis back next week. Uh, it didn't seem like they. I'm trying to remember one was a concussion and one I, I can't remember the other one right now, which I should know. Shoot, uh, I think they're going to be back. Uh, Ferguson, he was able to play through it. We'll see. He should be good to go. Wild Goose, I'm a little worried about. He was in a sling. Yep. Um, so I don't. Maybe hopefully that was just precautionary, and he'll he'll be able to go back. So, but I haven't heard anything else about that. So yeah, as we're sitting here in this incredibly frustrating, torturous game, you know, we're seeing Ferguson not you know get a stinger, not be able to lift his arm above his shoulder, wild goose in a sling, and I'm just like, come on, yeah, it rains it pours. Come man. on, uh, so 
Yeah, uh, injuries were ugly. Kind of. Uh, uh, what's the opposite of a cherry on top? It was that. <laughs> Just a big stink bomb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, opposite of a cherry on top for that game. Uh, so with all that said, Marlo, yeah. we take the two and one Badgers. Yep. Against Minnesota. Axe week. S- Sunday. It's Axe week. Uh, it is, it feels weird for it to be the X week already. Just, it's the same weekend, but we have two games after this. Normally this is the last game uh, of the season for us. So that feels a little bit weird. It's one o'clock start, which is weird. That's uh, weird. On the Big Ten Network. That's weird. In one Cambridge. o'clock central? One o'clock central, yeah. That's, what the? That's what it's telling me. That's, That's what my weird. computer is telling me right now. That's weird, man. Why are they, on Saturday? Yeah, okay. maybe there's a uh, a Pac-12 game that's earlier in the day. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, there it is. <laughs> 1 o'clock game. Don't be late. Axe game. Um, I don't know. I think if you would have told me a week ago, I wasn't worried. I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of worried now. It's because I just watched that crap of a game. Um, I know it was Northwestern. I know we just went through all that. But, you know, Minnesota's going to make this their Super Bowl again, as they always do. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm kind of worried. All right. Well, to uh, put your worries at ease, uh, Minnesota lost to Michigan. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, I think it's pretty established. Michigan's not very good. Uh, they beat Purdue this week on what, despite how terrible the uh, pass interference calls. Oh, the other pass interference I mentioned the two in the first drive. The other one was uh, on the interception uh, that would have turned the ball over, changed momentum, really changed the game. They called defense pass interference when our cornerback just turned around and intercepted the ball. Oh, yeah, that was crap. Uh, Caesar Williams, I think that's had where the second. That's where their second touchdown came from. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that was on the same. Tra- oh, I fucking hate that game. Okay, <laughs> uh, they beat Purdue on the worst offensive pass interference call I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know if it was a wide receiver, or tight end is is running free uh, or, or breaking uh, contact with a defender. They're both hand fighting. Purdue gets a touchdown and it's called back for offensive pass interference. It's just an absolutely brutal call. If you haven't seen it, it's probably the worst offensive pass interference I've seen in a long time to hark on the referees. Um, so I have so I have expectations against Minnesota. I will give you, I have a lot more. I would have had zero worry if we would have beat Northwestern. I have some yes. worry. We are very favored to win this game. We're 20-point favorites, Marlo, believe it or not. Yes. Uh, opening, opening up uh, Minnesota. They're just, they just don't appear to be the same football team as they were last year. Uh, it so much of this is like, I, I want to say that, but then I'm like, how oh, but they just beat Purdue. But I don't know how good Purdue is. <laughs> They're 0-5. Your record is what you, re- you are, you what know, your record is, right? I mean, Purdue, obviously we didn't get a chance to play them. They were 2-0. Our game against them was canceled, and then they lost two in a row to Northwestern and Minnesota. So I'm a little bit worried. Everything says we should win. I expect a bounce-back game from everybody. Everybody gets a little healthier. Hopefully we have a, a solid squad going into that game. 1 o'clock Saturday. Yeah, 1 o'clock. Can't wait. For the X. Yeah. I, what a, yeah, let's do it. I hate P.J. Fleck. So much. <laughs> so much. The That minute, that uh, pass interference call, that Minnesota-Purdue game, ruined my new favorite tradition, which is watching Minnesota lose on Friday nights. Yeah. Yeah, it's so did. fun, and I had a tweet ready to go because I th- I was hoping they would lose, and I had a tweet ready to go, and maybe this is why they lost because I have that sort of power. My you know, <laughs> my, my, my idea that I had a tweet, 
because uh, I was going to say, what's worse, getting crushed on Friday? or What's more enjoyable, Minnesota getting crushed on Friday night or losing heartbreakingly? And then Purdue lost heartbreakingly, and I felt really bad for my jinxing them with my tweet that I thought of and never sent. Damn. Sorry, Purdue. Sorry, Purdue. Yeah, that's a tough one. That was ruined. Uh, other, whoa. <laughs> other, <laughs> other Badger stuff, Marlo. Uh, basketball starts Wednesday. How did that happen? I don't know. Snuck up on us. Uh, they play Eastern Illinois Wednesday night at 9 o'clock Central Time, which I was like, oh, my God, what are they doing to me? And then, Marlo, you reminded me that it's uh, the night before Thanksgiving. So yeah. I was going to be... I was going to be up anyway. Yeah, there you go. And then instead of being out and about, we just get to watch Badger football or basketball. Excuse me. So starting, what do we got? Eastern Illinois. Yeah, Eastern Illinois on Wednesday and Auburn, no, Alabama, PBE, Arkansas Pine Bluff. There we go. I was trying to guess. I was trying to guess based off the initials. I couldn't do it. That game. Yeah, is on Friday um, at eight o'clock. Both on the Big Ten Network. All right, basketball <laughs> is here. Uh, what are you What are you looking forward to in the young season? I know we usually take a little bit of time to to get yeah. into full swing with talking basketball, but as we stand here on the the couple of days before the eve, what um what is you looking forward to? Yeah, so I'm excited to see the return of essentially the entire starting five of a Big Ten winning team. Yep. Uh, that's obviously why we are ranked seven, uh, seventh overall, which I know is way too that high for you, Marlon. So just wild. makes you nervous. Yeah. Nervous. So wild. Um, but I'm also really interested to see the younger players, uh, the 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 freshmen, the sophomores, um, see how they blend in, how they contribute, what their growth is. Um, that's what I, I'm looking for, especially out of these early games. Um, so it's Eastern Illinois, Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then we get Green Bay Marquette, and then we get into a little bit more of the. So I guess it's like a three game preseason ish, right? Which might be a little bit more normally. Uh, but but that's what we're looking at, and that's what I'm looking for in those first couple games. That growth of those younger guys. Yeah, I'm interested to see, and I mean this, Davidson. How is he going to be without being able to, like feed off the crowd? Oh, interesting. Um, I mean, you know, he's a he, he's a big he's a big rah rah guy. He's, he's a guy that feeds off the crowd, whether it's against him or for him. You know. Yeah. Um, and it might seem, but I, you know, it might seem kind of petty, but I I'm very interested because I've only known him as a player that really does that, and obviously that's not going to be the case this season. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then also, what other um. The name is escaping me, but the other big man, freshman or sophomore, getting into the mix, um, coming off the bench, what that, what the rotation in general is going to look like. We alluded to the five starters coming back. But what, who's going to be those players that come off the bench to fill the fill in any key spots? Yeah, for sure. Uh, don't get yourself mistaken. He's still going to be that guy. Davison. <laughs> He's still going to do it even if there's nobody there. Uh, and I've seen some you, uh, Twitter clips, Marlo. I have talked myself into Aleem Ford making a leap again. Ooh, again, oh, I'm gonna, Aleem Ford's making another leap. I'm going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> last year, he didn't do it. So I'm ready I'm ready for him uh, to, do it, to do it this year. Tyler Wall, is that you were talking about? Yeah. Tyler Wall. 
becoming the next Joe, Joe Krabinoff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, just it's a, it's, it's a weird team because it's a lot of seniors and then sophomores and freshmen. So, uh, freshmen, it's not freshmen's. I'm going to pretend I did it on purpose. All right. (laughs) So that's what we're looking for. Should be an exciting year. Uh, the big 10 is pretty, pretty strong in, there's a lot of good teams, but no great team. I've seen Wisconsin projected anywhere from first to fourth. And really the top four teams are really a toss up. It's Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois and Michigan State and every projection I've seen is kind of all over the place on one, two, four, where those teams are going to end. Um, and basically, it's for Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin. It's hey, everybody's coming back; they're only going to be better. And for Michigan State, it's they're Michigan State. They just turn this thing over and will be just as talented as anybody else in the Big Ten. So it'll be a really fun season from that standpoint. Uh, a lot of good, not great teams. Because if you look at these teams, I, I, I mean, I hope Wisconsin can win a national championship, but I'm not going to sit here and count on it. But like, I'd have to think that these aren't national, real national title contenders as we look at it today. Maybe I'm wrong, but they're all in the top ten. <laughs> so yeah, uh, will be will be a good year, uh, a yeah. fun year, and it starts on Wednesday. All right. Yeah, it's all interesting when we get the. The Big Ten up in these these preseason rankings. Um, obviously, they're they're respecting the Big Ten and the teams, and so early on, it's oh, you know, as long as the, the teams can come through and win their non conference games, it makes a better way we get in season. Each game is you know is worth that much more uh, from a, from a wins perspective. So just take care of business, Big Ten. Don't 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 piss us away. Yeah, there's some fun. Uh Preseason tournaments, but I don't, or early season tournaments, but I thought they didn't start till uh, till next week. Let me look yeah. quick. Uh, bre- early bracketology, Marlowe were a two seed. Oh, okay, we're a two seed. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's till uh, December, so we don't need to talk about it now. Okay. All right. All right. Badgers. Other NCAA football, Marlowe, who cares? I'm, I'm out. I'm out of yeah. NCAA football. I was out on the weekend. I, I just didn't want to watch anything more, to be honest. Um, that's not true. Well, a lot of games canceled. There wasn't a lot of as much to canceled. watch. Um, I wa- so I didn't, I didn't watch a play of the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. Uh, I watched Michigan Rutgers. <laughs> nice. And I waffled back and forth between, because Rutgers was up for a lot of that game. They benched Milton like they did in their game against us. And... Um, McNamara came in and, and led a rousing comeback victory over uh, over Rutgers. So I guess Michigan avoided catastrophe, and I waffled back and forth. Do I want Michigan to have this catastrophic loss, or do I want them to, I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I wanted them to come back and win, but I, I waffled back and forth. I probably shouldn't have. Because uh, if they lose to Rutgers, I think, I think that's it for Harbaugh. <laughs> I can't imagine him getting off the plane in Ann Arbor after losing to Rutgers. No, and, he's not leaving that stadium. And, um, and not being fired. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but it was exciting to watch him come back. Uh, other than... Do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. No, no, not on that. Yeah. Uh, other one, uh, the big other matchup was Indiana-Ohio State, which everybody, I guess, is coming out of this saying that it was... 
close, and Indiana's really good. I'm not saying they're not good, but I don't. I didn't feel like it was that close as the game was happening. Yeah, um, I think we were. I was going into this like before we're going to find out if Indiana is good or if, you know. I think that was the question: Is Indiana good? Yeah. And yep. this was going to be the game, and I don't. I don't think any. I don't think anything was answered. But everyone's coming out of this like. Wow, Indiana is like just a step behind Ohio State. Like it's Ohio State and Indiana um, in the Big Ten. And I I agree with you. I did not see it that way. If anything, if anything, I saw that Ohio State has some holes in their defense. Um, and Ohio, I mean that's 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 probably the biggest takeaway I took away from Indiana Ohio State game. Yeah, um, yeah. It's they gave up a lot of points, so it was. Where is this in the game? Uh, going into the fourth quarter. Hold on, sorry. Okay, yeah. At the end of the third quarter, it was forty-two to twenty-one, and it didn't feel like a game. Uh, Indiana scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to make it forty-two to thirty-five. I know the final score was that I what was a seven-point game. I know that Penix Jr. had almost five hundred yards of passing. But I never felt like Penn, or, or excuse me, Ohio State. I felt like Penn State's going to lose every game. <laughs> I never felt like Ohio State was going to lose this game. Um, and like, I don't know how this game could have gone better. Outside of there was uh, Penix Jr. threw uh, interception return for touchdown, but Fields also threw three interceptions. And I don't think that's happening in another game. Uh, Indiana's pass rush did look for real. Uh, that was one thing I would say that I, I came out of that. And I agree with you that Ohio State's defense looks like it has some big holes, looks like they're susceptible to giving up lots of plays, lots of points, uh, which I guess maybe doesn't matter now <laughs> for Wisconsin fans. <laughs> but uh, it, I think in a, a better Ohio State defensive year, they they win this game running away, but they, they allowed them to sneak back in. And again, I don't know how much that really means. In the grand scheme of things, uh, they had control of the game, and I feel like just stopped playing. I don't. I think people are giving too much credit to Indiana. Agreed. So, but we'll see. Indiana, I think, has a couple more. Uh, they play Wisconsin, so we'll find out. We'll find out how good they are when they play Wisconsin in two weeks. Maybe I'm just talking down because I want them to be good, so then I can think Wisconsin's going to win. Yep. That's yeah. That's where I'm at. We're going to be favor- heavily favored to win that game. <laughs> it's in it's in Camp Randall. All right, all right. Anything else? I, I honestly, I just I zoned out on all other college football. Um, <laughs> I, I watched the Indiana Ohio State game as I was being nervous for the Wisconsin game, and then I just didn't really want to watch anything, so I watched the Michigan Rutgers game. Um, yeah. Oklahoma won. They look like the best team in the Big Twelve, but they might not win it. Pac twelve probably played. Uh, Clemson's Florida State got called off, and uh, Dabo Sweeney looks really, really bad for saying that they used COVID as an excuse not to play them. You can think that, but you can't say it, dude. It's a pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they got petty. They got real petty. They got real petty back and forth um, uh, with that game being canceled. I think they canceled like hours before, the night before, but... Yeah, it was a lot of uh, we wanted to play, but they didn't going back and forth. So. Yeah, well, Clemson had a player on the plane. Yeah, test positive, and they were like, "No, we don't know how big this is, or yeah. how you know spread how widespread this is, and that's fine, and that's within their right." Uh, 
That's way fewer, uh, way less cases than what caused uh, uh, all the Nebraska fans to chirp up about it. But <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, and that's all I got. That's all I got. Alabama killed somebody. Nice. Other things probably happened. Yeah. Wisconsin lost. It sucked. Yeah, it did suck. Um, Illinois beat Nebraska and had a fire tweet that they put out and then had to delete. Well, they didn't have to, but they did delete later. Did you see that? They put out who put out a fire tweet? Uh, the Illinois athletic department. No, <laughs> Illinois, their Twitter. Well, I don't know their whoever, but they, whoever, whoever, whoever is in charge of their social media. It was um, they tweeted out the game. Thanks or great game, Nebraska. Thanks for getting Big Ten football back. Um, That's a good tweet. That was a great tweet. And then they later took it down. <laughs> it started going everywhere. Yeah, and then they, they later took it down. So. Um, that happened. That's all I got. That's my highlights. Because I thought that there was funny. Go. There we go. That's good. All right. Moving on. Let's move on. Oh, crap. All right. Let's go to the pros. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next week. Let's talk about next week. Let's talk about next week. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thanksgiving lineup, which is great. We have uh, Friday, games Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Um, really excited. Really excited for that. Uh, and what I'm excited for about this lineup, uh, the lineup this week, is they kept a lot of the kind of Thanksgiving rivalry games on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, so Wisconsin, obviously Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska. That's become a Friday tradition to be played on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, and the Iron Bowl. So it's a lot of the kind of like teams we're used to seeing play on Thanksgiving weekend, despite all the scheduling changes, despite all the the craziness of, of the year. It sounds like we're going to have a lot of those this week, and I, 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 that gets me excited for for this next weekend. Iowa State, Texas, traditional rivals. No, but they yeah. play. <laughs> they play on Friday, uh, so that'll be great. Yeah, don't forget. Troy. Why is our game at one? It's it so makes weird. No sense. I can't get over it. I can't get it's over it. So weird. Uh, the battle for Louisiana, Louisiana versus Louisiana Monroe. That'll be a good one. Maybe not. I just thought that was funny because they're ranked. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be good. The ABC game on Saturday is going to suck. It's Oklahoma versus West Virginia. That's not going to be close. Oklahoma's found their stride. They're going to kill them. Uh, but we got the Iron Bowl. Yes, Iron Bowl. All right. Yeah, no, it should be a good slate. Football, I, I, it doesn't feel like, you know, Thanksgiving, but it will once football gets rolling through. Um, it's going to be a fantastic couple days here. Um... We get to watch that. Iowa kick the crap out of Nebraska. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be fantastic. Uh, you know, like we got. What do you think? What do you think the spread is of that game? <laughs> <laughs> um, Nebraska. Iowa's been putting up points. Is it like nineteen? It's in Iowa. It's in Iowa. Is it like nineteen? Yeah. That's fourteen. 14? fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, so little faith in Nebraska. Mario. I'll take the points. Take the points. <laughs> take the points. <laughs> Uh, Notre Dame plays uh, North Carolina uh, after that game at 2.30 on ABC on Friday. There's going to be a lot of points in that game. Yeah, there There's going to be a lot of points in that game. That will be fun uh, to watch or frustrating if you are rooting against Notre Dame because <laughs> North Carolina literally doesn't have a defense. Um, so it, I think Notre Dame will win, but there will be a lot of points. We got Penn State, Michigan. That's, Ooh. that's a good one. It's another loser leaves town. Lose, that is a loser leaves town. 
The Blue Bloods, the Blue Bloods, loser, loser leads town. Jesus. Penn State could be 0 and 6. This is a toss up game. Michigan's favored by three and a half. Yeesh. Penn State loses their 0 and 6. I mean, Michigan loses their 2 and 4. This is so, <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so weird. That'll be fun. That's, uh, it's not really up against anything. It's on ABC. Oh my God. It's going to be a national television. Great. Um, there's, a, I guess there's not much else at. Well, Indiana, Maryland might be pretty good too. God, I just can't wait. So, uh, so I have Hulu, Marla. I watch uh, on Hulu. And, um, if they are listening, I have two suggestions for them. Uh, a flip back button to the previous channel. Oh, they don't have that? No. That's Why can't I have to, channel. I have to go to guide and do the thing. There's oh. no thing I can just click and go to the previous channel I was watching. Absolutely ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And I know when you go to the guide... They're all in alphabetical order, but number them. <laughs> so I can go, ESPN is 36, and then I can just go to 36 because my mind can work numbers better. Just number them, and then I can go, oh, it's on Fox Sports? Okay, you know, that's channel 50. Like, I can just do that easier than being like, okay, Fox Sports, hold on, I got to go to the Fs, and then I got to find Fox Just number them. Come on. Hulu. Come on. I know you're listening. Don't they have like a favorite feature where you can just put your favorite channels? No? Ah, damn. I got to look at this. My, oh, there's I, my channel. No, but my channels is just like recent channels. Can I add uh, things to this? I don't know. I don't know. They I are looking, all sports channels. Maybe I already added these and I don't know. I, I was looking into Hulu and you're talking me out of it. So if you can't, yeah. They got a number of the channels. They don't have a, they don't have a last button though. I can oh, tell you that. That's, I can tell you that. That's a game changer. That's like... And then that's... TV, like that's like when the remote control first came out. I was like, the first thing is the back button. Yeah. Like, go back and forth. And then when you go to, so when you Previous go to channel. like all the recent, it does it kind of like in a list format. Yeah. And then you go to sports, and now it's like uh, small files, you know? It, there's pictures and stuff. No, just give me a list Ugh. of the things. Yeah. I don't need a picture of it. I know what the words mean. God. Come on. All right. Who has live sports that you can't find? No, all you right. can't find that. It makes it. More difficult than just clicking a button. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. All right. All right. And that's that what we call Casey weird, Stalling to talk yeah. about NFL. That was a nice, weird, random rant. I like that. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. All right. Uh, Packers. All right. They're losing overtime to the Colts. Um, so I was watching this game, Marlo, and I was I was going for my, my Sunday run on the treadmill. I had the game up in front of me. In the first half, things were going great. And I had a thought as the half ended, and I was like, okay, I'll be done with my workout now. I had a thought. I was like, what if this is like speed? And I have to keep running or the Packers <laughs> will start losing. <laughs> and it turned out to be true because I stopped running. The Packers started losing. Uh, you had to keep fr- up a seven-minute mile? or the Packers, the Packers Yeah, I would, yeah I, would have to, I mean, I could have at least walked, I guess, yeah. the last bit of it. But I would have still been on the treadmill. Uh yeah, but I couldn't keep up a seven-minute mile. <laughs> That'd be insane. Uh, I probably couldn't even run a whole game. I would probably have to do like a more like a nine and a because what is the whole game? A whole game like is going to be three hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be more like a nine and a half minute, ten-minute mile <laughs> uh, to get to get through that. Uh, Packers, they, such. A, by the end of this, or before the end of this, I was just emotionally dead. I couldn't do anymore. They brought me back three times. Uh, where I thought they were going to win when they were uh, when they when they were winning, and then I thought they were going to win when um, they got the big play to Valdez Scanling, 
and then I thought they were going to want to get the ball in overtime. And each time I turned, it turned out to be wrong, I guess, or I was wrong just once as it, as it was. Um, and in the end, I just had a no motion left. I was just like, sure, of course this is going to happen. Uh, again, devastating turnovers. I had a nine turnover weekend, Marlo. I don't Jeez. know if I said that earlier. Five for the Badgers, four for the Packers. Uh, and the one with Valdez Scanlon at the end, I just, whatever. The one that crushed me was the, the kick return when all we needed to do was get the ball and hold on to the ball for a minute. Just hold on to the ball, get a first down, stop the bleeding, and we run it out, and our kick return has no potency whatsoever. And he fumbles, and you just, that's where I was like, of course this happens, of course this game goes this way, they come back and win. Uh, a little bit of Rogers magic, and there's a, a replay that will haunt me on the third down play uh, where he overthrew it to Adams. Uh, Bobby Tanyan was all by himself, all by his lonesome on the right side of the end zone. But Rodgers, with the pressure, had kind of zoned in on the left side. Um, he's so open. It hurts to think about. Uh, but a game that, again, much like the Badger game, uh, Packers really didn't deserve to win. They made the mo- most mistakes, although there was an insane amount of holding calls where the Colts almost let them back in. Uh, but it was the Packers' mistakes that were their undoing, and like the Badger game, their unfortunate uh, demise is too strong of a word, an unfortunate loss in in the end. Um, it was not fun rooting against Jonathan Taylor. I was going to ask you about this. Uh, he played well, and literally every holding call was on rushes he had. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I felt like he could have had a lot more. He ended up with uh, 22 rushes for 90 yards, so it was good to see them, to see Indianapolis rely on him a bit more. Uh, like when we were talking about Jalen Berger, it seemed like he was kind of a play away um, or a move away. It seemed like Jonathan Taylor was in this game as well. And the Packers really sold out uh, on the run a lot in this game. They had a lot of their... Um, linebackers or or secondary kind of ru- uh, rushing down the line of scrimmage more than they have in the past. And I think they kind of made it a point to stop the run in this game. With that said, um, they still rushed for 140 yards, the Colts in general, and Jonathan Taylor got 90 of that. Yeah, I was... I was go ahead. When he scored that touchdown that got called back for holding, I was like, well, at least Jonathan Taylor was the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> and then I got called back. Again, tweet I almost sent. <laughs> Your tweets, your almost tweets have so much power. Um, yeah, they're way better than my actual tweets. Yeah, I was thinking about that as they as they just kept feeding Taylor um, and how we talked about why <laughs> we kept asking why they don't give him the ball as much, and this has happened to be the game that they decided, hey, we're just going to keep feeding Taylor, um, and it was it was effective. Just happened. It was be. effective, and um, the, again, the Packers were were selling out for the run, uh, which is why the other running backs. Uh, didn't have a lot of yardage. Uh, Hines, who everybody's in love with, uh, had six carries for two yards, so they were really effective at stopping him. Um, and Taylor was was the workhorse. And gets a lot, like they keep talking about his fumble problems. He fumbled once. Like yeah, they, yeah. I, they talk about his fumble problems. You know, he had one or two games where he had a fumble problem. <laughs> in I don't know, maybe I'm misremembering because they didn't hurt us that bad, except them. Illinois won last year, but 
You well, know. there was that one awful one against Ohio State when he was a wide receiver and he never caught the ball oh. and like it <laughs> yeah. threw it out of balance yeah. and they just <laughs> gave it to Ohio State for some reason. Yeah, there was that. There was that. Uh, wasn't a fumble. Uh, all right, uh, Packer stuff. At least I'm my silver lining is that uh, the Lions of Vikings also lost. So I guess the Bears won the day, Marlo. They yeah. were the only NFC North team uh, not to lose. There you go. Anything else you want to talk about the Packers? Um, what I, I did have a question for you, Casey. Yeah, because the Packers, like after their after the Colts had like 500 holding penalties when they could have just ran the freaking clock out. Yeah, that um, was weird. And then they threw the ball. Yeah, and then they threw incomplete. The ball. It was it was really weird. Yeah, it was. We were talking about bad coaching decisions. Rodgers gets the ball like on the two yard line, no timeouts, like a minute and thirty left. What does it feel like to be like minute thirty left, no timeouts, ball two yard line, and like still know that you actually do have a chance? What does that feel like? Because I don't know. <laughs> I was just sitting there like when he threw that like forty yard pass, it's like it must be yeah. really nice. In any situation, you can give us all the timeouts. You can give me all the timeouts. You can give me the twenty yard line, and I'm like, there's no chance this is happening. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like you're sitting there feeling confident, but you're you're like, okay, we got, we still got a, we still got a chance, we still got a, got to hold out hope for this. Uh, and that pass to Valdez Scanlon was absolutely crazy. It was a cover two. Somehow he beat the cover two down the middle of the field, which I guess is obviously one of the places you can attack it. But like that was a forty-three yard pass when they're on their own, like eight or ten yard line. Uh, should not happen. He dropped it right in there. Scanley made a really good catch. So for all the hate that, or uh, yeah, I guess hate is fair, that Scanley's getting for fumbling the ball in overtime, um, Brent Musburger is the Raiders play-by-play guy? What? <laughs> He's in the desert. I guess he had to get back to the booth. What? Can I just watch that? Can I just listen? Okay, that's crazy. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's It's... I, not comforting, but you kind of you gotta go. Okay, I still got a chance. I still got a chance, and then he makes that play, and it was absolutely crazy. Uh, Valdez Scanlon fumbled to lose the game, but he was part of the reason they were they were in that game even to begin with. So I, you can't make that mistake in overtime. But he's bringing more things to the team than they don't. Then he's bringing something to the team that they don't that 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 they don't have. No. Um. So when they were sitting there with like a minute 30 left with one timeout, do, did I have confidence? I didn't have confidence until they got the first down after. Confidence wasn't the question you asked. I didn't feel good about it until they got the first down after uh, after they got the 43-yard play. And then I was like, holy crap, we can win this game. And then they almost did, but then didn't. So fun yeah, stuff. Fun, fun stuff. stuff. All right, just a question. How was the Bears' bye week, Marlo? You're all, you're all getting uh, I healthier. It. I needed it. I needed it. Needed it after Saturday. I could not. I just couldn't do it. Um, it felt good to not worry about another team nice. uh, messing it up. So feels good. And so I realized that next week it's Bears Packers week. Yeah. So you got Axe week and Bears Packers week. Yep. All rivalry week. week. Rivalry Oops. week. Here it is. Ratchet up Sunday night football again. Ugh. On prime time again. I'm sorry for everyone that sits around and watches this game late night. Um, it's not going to be pretty. Whatever the line is, take it. Take it. Take take the line. Take no. Take take the, take the Packers. Take the Packers. Yeah. All right. We're gonna look at the line. Let me click it on it. Seven and a half for the Packers. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Who's gonna be the quarterback? Demolish. I don't know. 
Apparently, Foles did not fracture a hip. That's the only news that's come out. <laughs> he's not. He's not fracture a hip. So he looks really hurt. He looked messed up. But we'll see. I don't know. We'll get obviously. We'll learn Can Mitch play? I don't think so. Here's shoulder, throwing shoulder. They didn't have surgery though. No, I didn't. Neither of them had surgery. I don't know who's gonna be quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. So okay. You got questionable Nick Folds. Trubisky's out. And on your depth chart in ESPN, there's no third string. You don't have a third string. Awesome. They're just gonna put Patterson back there. That's probably what's oh, this probably this might not be updated to next week. So maybe they'll be back in. Patterson back there. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm uh, now excited for it. Uh, if the Bears without a okay, I assumed Trubisky would be playing. I don't know why, but he got hurt on the one. I guess he got hurt on the one play he played five days ago. Mandy says, "Quote: Everything's on the table." Yeah. Okay. Although some random quarterback was playing for uh, Carolina today, and they waxed the Lions, so <laughs> maybe some guy like that's sitting around. Yeah, you never know. PJ Walker, I think it was TJ PJ Walker from Temple. Did he play in the XFL? Is that what I heard? No, oh, did he? That's awesome. Yeah. I miss the XFL more. Though. Yeah. Let's go. Do I? No, you do. <laughs> All right. Well, we have Packers Bears Monday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, excuse me, the big uh, rivalry as far as this podcast is confirmed. Uh, I'm worried that your um, the sheepish way in which you're looking at this game will only spell doom for me and make it more agonizing next week uh, if the Packers are to lose. Um, but it is Thanksgiving as we are week as we talked about. So we have three games Thursday. We got Seattle-Philadelphia Monday. Battle of the Birds, not too exciting because uh, Philadelphia's garbage. But there are a lot of really good games this week, Marla. I'm really excited for the slate. I think that, feel like the past two weeks I've been complaining about it. But this week, it's all coming together. Lots of great games. What are you looking forward to? If anything. If, uh, man, this week's game slate. Well, one, looking for all day Thursday. Just having another day of all day football that isn't Sunday. Yep. That's that's delicious. Um, but besides that, like just the night game Thursday, Baltimore, Pittsburgh again. Throw the record books out. These guys mean business. Yeah. Um, old school AFC North clash. Oh, old school AFC North class. Kansas City, Tampa Bay. I still don't like Tampa Bay. So such a weird team. So is Kansas City, by the way, who is battling with Vegas again right now as we speak. And um, what am I looking at? Tennessee, Indianapolis looks yep. looks looks like a good one as well. Battle for the AFC South uh, should be a good one. I think they're both seven and three now. Um, yeah, both seven and three. I even like San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams in the the late afternoon slot. Uh, just I don't know. I, I don't. I, I just feel like I'm looking at this. These are a lot of really f- interesting matchups, intriguing matchups. Um, see, PJ Walker can keep it going against Car- uh, against Minnesota for Carolina. That's a good story. 
Chargers Buffalo. That's gonna be that's going to be interesting. <laughs> Weird things are going to happen in that game. So, uh, yeah, I would even say Las Vegas Atlanta, but Atlanta really made me sad today because <laughs> they had no offense, and I thought that they were going to be able to put at least a game up against the Taysom Hill led New Orleans Hill. Saints. Yeah. Nope. So people are asking, Marlo, are the Saints better without... Oh, boy. Without Drew Brees? Drew Brees. I mean, people are asking. I'm not asking. People are asking. People are asking. I mean... People I talk to around my house <laughs> don't know anything about football. I mean, they could be. I mean, you look at last year. Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0. and Yeah. Um, without him. And look at Taysom Hill doesn't even play freaking quarterback. Go ahead and win. And, uh, every, every game they've lost in the last two years, Drew Brees has started. Whoa. Oof. <laughs> Whoa! Stat. Stat. I got this stats department. Yeah. That, one, that was that was good. I don't know. Yeah. What does that say about about uh, um, Winston, man? That you come yeah. to the bag. You, you can't even you can't even get a starting. You can't even get in the game with your player that doesn't even play quarterback. Yeah. Well, it's weird because why if you're why bring in Jameis Winston if you're going to play Taysom Hill. As a back, like this, as a backup quarterback, yeah, it doesn't really make sense. Um, I, I be obviously the kind of result played out right that you can't really question it because they won the game, or you can't totally question it because they won the game. But just the idea to bring him in and then not play him when Drew Brees gets hurt is really weird. Uh, did you see he fractured eleven ribs? Eleven? I didn't even know you had that many. Yeah, you got a lot of ribs. Yeah, uh, he fractured eight on one side and uh, three on the other, which seems like that would be hard to do, to fracture on both sides. Yeah, that's wild. Because he got thrown to the ground, right? That was weird. I mean, I knew you had at least 11 ribs, but you must have a lot more if you're able to fracture 11 of them. <laughs> And uh, that not be all of them. How many ribs do we have? Google. Research team on it. <laughs> all right. Talk about something else, Marlo. I'm looking this up. <laughs> this has gotten off. This has gotten off, bro. Now we're taking anatomy lessons. How many ribs? Uh, ribs in the... Oh, we have 12. Wait. Oh, no, 24. Mm. 12 pairs. 24. I was going to say, he broke 12 out of 11. Okay, he broke 11 out of the 24. So not even half of the ribs. Oh, so he's fine. He should he's actually fine. be playing. Yeah. It was a punctured lung, too. I did. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, I might need that. Yeah. I might need that. All right. <laughs> That's it for the NFL, Milo. Yeah. Let's move on to the NBA. They had a big week. We were really hot on it because, uh, eh. But I think we got to talk about it. <clears throat> NBA Bucks. Right? Did they do this this week? Yeah, it was this or week. They did this? It was this week? Yeah. All right. Bucks mortgage their future trading for Drew Holiday traded like three first round picks. Um couple players. Doesn't matter. We got Drew Holiday uh to form, I guess, our big three with Drew, Middleton, and Giannis. Um and then had a deal in place to go get Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, but that trade fell apart as Bogdanovich apparently didn't want to agree to the sign in trade deal. Um, and now the Bucks might be in trouble for tampering. It's all very strange, and I will be really upset if we get hit with any sort of real punishment for this deal. Uh, you'll be fine. 
they don't they don't do anything about these. Um, yeah, it's legal tampering, right? That's what the NBA does. You see, it's fine. But the whole point of like tampering is not like it's to punish. It's to the people who be, the teams who benefit from tampering are primarily the large market teams. So the rule is in place to prevent the you know f- traditional free agent hotspots, the traditional powerhouses from getting an unfair advantage. And then if they come down on the bucks for which maybe they broke the rules, I don't know, but like we're the small market team just trying to get Giannis to stay here. Like and it would just be really it would just be really frustrating. I I'm not saying that it would be unjust, but it would be it would be really frustrating. So we lose out on that. Bogdanovich actually signed with the Hawks a four year seventy two million dollar deal. So I think that was about three million more than I was trying to look up what it was, what the actual sign and trade was, but I thought it was four for sixty eight or something like that, four for sixty two. So it's a couple million dollars more, which obviously we're talking millions of dollars here, so it's not jump change, but uh, disappointing because that was kind of the the way the Bucks were going to round out their their roster, uh, at least their kind of playoff crunch time or starting lineup, as you want to think about it. Um, but that falls through. They added some other free agent pieces that aren't, uh, I guess, as as big name as Bogdanovich. So I don't want to really get into those, but. Exciting to have Drew Holiday. Will be a really good defensive team. Hopefully, he will provide the playmaking and, more importantly, perhaps the shot making that uh, that Eric Bledsoe wasn't able to do, especially in the playoffs. So right. there we go. All right, that's Buck stuff. On to the NBA draft and focusing on your Chicago Bulls. They drafted not the guy we thought. No, N- neither of the two guys we thought they drafted. Patrick Williams out of Florida State. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I guess initially I was kind of, I wasn't, I was still not that high. But my initial thought is, how do we spend the fourth pick on a player that didn't even start in his own team? Um, but after looking at it, it's, it's one of those picks, it's, it's a uh, future pick, right? They're hoping they can yeah. develop this player uh, he has uncanny athleticism, um, very raw on the offensive front, but they are, from what I've read, they are hoping that that will that his his size and athleticism will transfer well to the NBA, and um, that the offensive side of the ball will will pick up. So, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of one of those. It's a high risk, high reward, um, mm-hmm. high risk, high reward pick. I. Typically, don't think you spend a fourth round pick on a high risk, high reward. But here we are, and this is what we're, and this is how to do it. The new, this new regime is looking to bring in this, um, this, this prototype of player, right? Your long, mm. uh, long stretch in between forward guard um, that can that, that can play on the wing as well. So, yeah, like I said, I think like I said last week, it's a, it's a wait and wait and see until they're on the court and what happens. Yeah, it's a it was a weird pick just because I th- I thought if they were gonna go, he's listed as a small forward. Yep. But you have so many the Bulls have so many forwards and young forwards. Uh, but if you can pair him with Markinen and he can be, I guess like him and Wendell Carter are kind of like the 
the defensive rim runners and Markkanen's the offensive one. I guess that kind of makes sense. It just doesn't feel it, it's it just feels like a weird fit because that's where you have the most kind of youth and 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 development. Um, oh, that said, you have Kobe White right at guard, so I don't know. It's not like you would have wanted Lamelo Ball to fall the or anything um, per se, but he was you know could could have been a fit. I don't know. I. I I went into this point thinking like you needed something else, but now that I'm thinking about it, maybe you don't. You just need to, you know, get as many lottery tickets and hope that one of them hit and become something special. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what they're hoping for. You know, in this pick that they're outsmarting the room. <laughs> He's young. He's 19. Yeah, right. He's a freshman. He didn't start on Florida State, but Florida State's a very. They had a very. Uh, um, experienced team and they're they're kind of like wisconsin and they're like we're gonna start the guy who's uh more experienced over even the even more promising younger players yeah uh leonard hamilton runs his program like that so i don't think that's as bad as like when marvin williams didn't start for north carolina and was the number two overall pick or number one overall pick or wherever it was number two right because we picked bogut it's like that was a little bit more red flag because North Carolina runs their program as they just want the most talented player out there, which might not be the case for Florida State. So, you talked me into it a little bit more, just because I don't know where else the Bulls the Bulls go there at number yeah. four. I still like Obi Toppin just because I like Obi Toppin <laughs> and want him to do well. Uh, and now he's in uh, New York, so maybe that will be fun and exciting for him. He's from New York, so good for him. Uh, other takeaways, uh, the only one I got is Lamella Ball goes to Charlotte, uh, which means that <laughs> Lamar Ball and Jordan are at some point maybe going to share the same room, and that is a hilarious thought to think. <laughs> well, yeah, and look at Charlotte. I think they're trying here. They picked up Gordon Haywood. Yeah, um, that's really surprising. That was really surprising. Yeah, when he optioned out, so I don't know. Maybe this is all. Maybe this is all finally coming together for Charlotte. Uh, I don't know if I go that far. It was Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was really surprising uh, to see Hayward move. I guess and and to Charlotte, if he can. I'm just trying to think what kind. Of, it's what kind of Gordon Hayward are they get are they getting? Um, but it's going to be a really interesting team with Lamelo Ball, Lamelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, uh, and they got uh, shoot. What's the um, the other Celtic that they paid a bunch of money to last year? That was from Louisville. They're paying a lot of money to a lot of guards. Okay. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. So we'll see how, how how that looks. I'm going to go find it. Research department is on it, Marlo. All right. Anything else from the draft stand out to you? No. Besides, I didn't know like a bazillion players. But um, okay. No, nothing else. It was weird, but like everything is right now, it was different. Uh, but they, you know, they did a okay job putting that production together as far as making it feel like a draft. More so than Roger Goodell did. I will say that. Silver did a better job than Roger Goodell. Um, well, I'm disappointed I didn't get to see uh, Adam Silver's man cave <laughs> throughout it. Um, Terry Rozier is who I Oh, yeah, Rozier. Uh, the guard Terry Rozier. Yep. They paid a lot of money, too. Um, yeah, interesting. They still have Malik Monk, who I still, I still kind of like. 
But they're also starting Cody Zeller. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. All right. Tough. Well, all right. Enough Charlotte we go, talk. Yeah, yeah, before we go player by player down Charlotte's roster. Um, no, we got to gotta hear the, the <laughs> research department got it for me, Mara. That was it. That was Still it has Devontae the... Graham starting over him a little ball. <laughs> that was it. For Miles the Bridges is there. Uh, for the NBA. And, and now we Wait, have no, one a, more ki- America's favorite segment, Gazy's Corner Kick. All right, before I get the corner okay, kick, one more NBA thing to make everybody who's our age feel old. Kenny Martin Jr. was selected. That's crazy. In the NBA draft. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, all right. <clears throat> corner kick. A trying week for Liverpool as they're dealing with Mohamed Salah still on the COVID. It's not like a COVID list, but he's still out with COVID. Uh, and multiple players, half the team uh, out on injury. They still put together an amazing performance, an impressive performance. A uh, home win. They have now uh, ex- uh, have the longest Premier League home uh, undefeated streak. I was trying to. It wasn't winless. Uh, undefeated. So they've won or tied all their home games uh, at a record clip. Uh, they won three zero over Leicester City today. Just a really impressive performance, and really really cool to see all of the kind of moving pieces, the the players coming off the bench to come in and, and contribute uh, players playing out of position uh, and to get a three zero win against Leicester city, who is a, a top of the table team was just incredibly impressive. They're now tied atop the premier league uh, with Tottenham through, uh, I think it's eight or nine games. Uh, so you're at a point in the season where you can actually look at the table uh, and, and, Get a glimpse of it's not like a you know early baseball season right where where you're sitting there and you're 20 games in it's like whoa the Mariners are 12 and eight watch out or there are 15 and five watch out uh, you know we're we're a little bit farther in the season than that and, and Liverpool sitting at the top tie with Tottenham which is really weird because I feel like this time last year everybody was like Jose Mourinho's lost it at Tottenham. Uh, but he has them playing really well. Next week, Liverpool tra- uh, travels to Brighton and Hove Albion. That'll be Saturday. And the game of the week to watch is Chelsea versus Manchester United. That one's going to be Sunday. Hopefully, Christian Pulisic can uh, be fit for that. He's struggling a couple kind of nagging injuries. Hasn't been able to play lately. Uh, they're coming off a 2-0 win. Uh, United coming off a 1-0 win. So, Hoping uh, for a good game there, and at least for Christian Pulisic to play and do well. In a league, I don't talk much about in La Liga. Uh, Barcelona is currently twelfth in the standings, which is crazy. They have played eight games. That's a little bit off because some teams in the league have already played ten games, so uh, it's not a true kind of everybody's through uh, ten games. But Barcelona, after eight games played, are three. Uh, three wins, two draws, and three losses. In is currently sitting in twelfth place in La Liga. Marlo, do you have anything you'd like to add to the corner kick? Uh, no, I'm good. That was fantastic. That was a great. MLS playoffs are happening. I haven't watched any of them because there's been football on, but they're happening. They're out there. Yeah. I'll catch it next week. Um, cool. That's I it. Bet. I bet you will. <laughs> I bet you will. That's it. That's it. All right. U.S. Men's National Team did some things. They tied Wales in an encouraging 0-0 draw, and they beat Panama 6-2. A lot of young players, a lot of hope. All right. There it is. All right. That's the corner kick. Casey, we got any throw-ins? I don't have any throw-ins. I had uh, the NBA stuff down here, and then I realized it was too much 
because uh, there were a couple things. Uh, I don't think there are any other throw-ins because we talked about it all uh, all throughout. Well, there it is. Sorry, no throw-ins this week. But we'll have plenty next week, plenty of football, Thanksgiving. Um, that's it for me. You can, f- as always, cheers. By the way, Pat Mahomes, he's so good. This is what I'm talking about. They just scored a touchdown, probably going to win the game, but under a minute left, one timeout. What does that feel like? Anyways, that's it. Live report. You're, you're ahead of me. Did they score on this play? Yeah. Um, you can find us at 132Breeze, myself at MarvelJR, oh. Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Everyone out there, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We will get at you next week. Casey, that's it for me. Do you have any last words? Thank you, everyone, for listening and supporting the podcast. Uh, as we look ahead to Thanksgiving, I wanted to give a shout-out to our fellow fans for that. Uh, and as always, until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports. <laughs>